the Truth in My Days podcast, where we defend the Word of God against the challenges of men. Hi, I'm Dana Torts, and welcome to another episode of the Truth in My Days radio program. Today, I'm here with John Torts and Jason Chan as they discuss the important topic of creation and evolution. We are continuing from the previous episode. We hope you enjoy. And if you ask most people about evolution, they think this is what operates it. Natural selection acting on random variation means it's chance. Now, do be aware of the evolution. Says, oh, no, no. It's not chance, you see, because the natural selection is based on which gives the organism a better chance to survive. And that's not random. Well, no, that part wouldn't be random. Can chance explain how you could go from molten rock and polymerization up through bacteria and single-celled animals and, and algae and fungi and dinosaurs and birds and so on up to primates and people. Can random chance explain it? Well, let's look at what's really involved in the cell. As I mentioned, in Darwin's day, it was believed that the cell was a very, very simple thing. It's a bowl of jelly. Things started going south for the theory of evolution when we actually developed the technology to look inside the cell and see what's really there. And it turned out it's really not so simple after all. It's not just a bowl of jelly. Imagine taking the entire city of Los Angeles and convert every part of it into an automated factory and then micro-miniaturize it until it's so tiny that you can't even see it. That would be pretty complex, wouldn't it? Yeah. And it's still not as complex as a cell is. So the idea of this coming about by random chance uh, begins to strain credulity. How do the different parts come about? And you get into some really ridiculous ideas. How did a cell get a nucleus? I mean, you know, the structure of a cell, it's, it's sort of like a bag of protoplasm, but it has all of these organelles inside that do things, and most particularly the nucleus. You know about the nucleus of the cell. One idea that's floated around is that the first cell with a nucleus may have been a cell that engulfed another cell, which kept on living inside it. So think about that. Any comments? How could that cell contribute in any way to make this a more advanced cell? It doesn't even have a nucleus originally, but hmm. it's sort of like saying, this is my way of analogy, imagine people have no brains. You wonder how functional, how personal functional, but there's no brain. And then one day he eats a squirrel, he swallows a squirrel, and the squirrel doesn't get digested. It's in the digestive tract, which is designed to digest it, but somehow the squirrel doesn't get digested. The squirrel actually fuses with the human body because part of the human body and turns into the brain and now the human body has a brain. Does that make any sense? If a cell, we have to explain where its DNA came from and where is the DNA stored if it doesn't have a nucleus, it swallows another cell. Now, why does it swallow another cell? It's meant to eat. It digests cells. So why did it not digest this cell? Hmm. And if it didn't digest the cell, some other cell had some kind of wall to protect it, and it's just sitting in there. How does it become part of the cell, the other cell, the cell that ate it? Like None of this makes sense when you think about it. And it, it underscores how absurd they have to become to maintain this theory so they can get rid of God. So... Let's look in detail now. Cell, as we said, it's, it's got all of this information. Uh, the information is coded using four letters. Call these A, C, G, and T. 
because they stand for, for the nitrogenous bases in the DNA, adenine, cytosine, guanine, and thymine. So A, G, T, A, C, G, and T. And you will have these. Now, four, four letters, you can only write so much, right? So what they do is each letter for the amino acid is based on a group of three of these bases. So you have three bases put together to give you one letter. Well, now, instead of four choices, you have four times four times four choices, 64 choices. So now you can have 64 letters, 64 amino acids. You can write stuff with it. So where does the information come from? Chance, necessity, or design. Those are your only options. Now, the, the DNA coding is very complex, as we've mentioned. You need to get all of these... They code for the proteins that your body uses. It, it builds proteins. You eat foods broken down. Uh, amino acids are then constructed into the proteins your body needs. And the instructions for how to put the amino acids together in the right order are what's coded in your DNA. Mm -hmm. So this is like a really, really long, almost like a computer program, giving the order using these combination of three bases. Can it happen by chance? Well, that's what we're told in school. That's why it's, it's random mutation, chance. But here's the problem. If you have this group of three, we call it a code on these three bases, and it will give you a code to tell you what amino acid to put in the chain. You have 64 different options, right? Mm -hmm. For your first letter. Okay, now suppose we're coding for some very simple, we're coding for the word cat, which means we need three amino acids in the right order. What are the chances of Getting C as your first letter, well, it's 1 in 64, 64 possibilities. What are your chances of getting an A for the second letter, the 1 in 64? What are your chances of getting T for the third letter, 1 in 64? So that's already like less than 1 in a quarter of a million just to get three letters in the right order. If we want to generate, just by random chance, the sequence the cat came back using the codon system, the chances of that are 1 in 5 times 10 to the 30. And if I know how much five, 10 to the 30 is, how big is that? You probably wouldn't even be able to wrap your brain around that. No, it'd be like a thousand times a billion times a billion. And you're right. People can't wrap their brains around that because we have, we have no ability really to conceptualize numbers like this. Mm -hmm. uh, the best I can do to, to try to give you an illustration is... Imagine you're counting to 1 million, and you're counting at a rate of 1 per second. You're doing it 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. How long would it take you to count up to 1 million? Well, it would take you about 5 and a half days, okay? which is doable. 5 and a half days. But now I'm going to ask you to count to a billion at the same rate, 1 per second, 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Count to a billion. Okay? You could count to a million in, in about 5 and a half days. How long would it take you to count to a billion? Take a guess. <laughs> Just multiply five and a half by a thousand, so 5,500 days. Yeah, 5,500 days. About 31 years. Mm. That's just a billion. Try a trillion, right? That would now be instead of 31 years, it would be 31,000 years. Okay, and that's just a trillion. We're talking here about a thousand times a trillion times a trillion. And that's just for the cat came back. If we want to generate by random chance, Shakespeare's line, to be or not to be, that is the question. We're talking about 2.76 times 10 to the 70. So it's one with like 70 zeros after it. Now, there is some, some overlap 
okay, because there's only about 20 different amino acids that proteins need. So there, there's some overlap and three different groupings could give you the same amino acid. But even if we factor that in, the chance to get something to be or not to be, that is the question, is, is 6.8 times 10 to the 51. Okay, 51 would be what? A billion times 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 a billion, right? Something like that. And, and this is just for to be or not to be. That is a question. That's, that's not a lot of information. In the human genome, there's a, over 3 billion bits of, of information. To generate, by random chance, nursery on Jack and Jill went up the hill to fetch a pail of water. Jack fell down and broke his crown and Jill came tumbling after with the redundancy is 1 in 10 to the 156, okay, which is well beyond what scientists consider to be the universal probability bound. This means it's well beyond what scientists accept as impossible. It just can't happen. So sometimes you hear like the what they call the infinite monkey theorem. If you have an infinite number of monkeys pounding on an infinite number of typewriters across infinite time, one of them will eventually crank out all the works of Shakespeare. And that's actually true, except that we don't have infinite monkeys or infinite typewriters or infinite time. Like any one of those would be enough, but we don't have them and we can't have them. Mm -hmm. Remember what we said before about the infinite uh, staircase mm -hmm. and heat death of the universe. So, so the infinite monkey theorem sounds nice, but it's not possible. You don't have infinite of any of these. And most you have to go with what's called the probabilistic resources of the universe, how many atoms are in the universe, how fast you could try new combinations, how much time you had. Even if you assume that the, the, the world is like 20 billion years old, your universal probability bound will come to like 10 to 150. And we saw even for the Jack and Jill nursery rhyme, the chances are smaller than that. So what that means is, is the idea that the information in DNA was produced by random chance is absolutely impossible. Absolutely impossible. And, and here is the trade secret in origin of life studies. In the schools, they'll still tell you, sure, natural selection acting on random mutation. You'll still see that in Time Magazine. You'll still see that on Nature Channel. But internally, original life scientists have long since given up on random chance. They've done these mathematical calculations, these combinatorics. They know it's impossible. Hmm. So while they may say that to the general public internally, they are not looking at chance. They know that that's gone. And remember, you had only chance, necessity, and design. Right. And if chance is gone, what are you left with? You're left with necessity and you're left with design. Mm -hmm. Design is... Remember, what is design? Somebody purposely made it. Exactly. It wouldn't happen unless an intelligence made it. So design means you're, you're admitting God. That's the one they don't want to do. The only one they're left with then is necessity. There has to be some kind of law of nature that makes these codons assemble properly. Makes the bases come together in the right order to give you information. It's got to be some kind of law of nature to explain it. It's got to be necessity. We've got to find some way. And, and that's where all of the origin of life uh, studies are focusing now. Okay, where can we find such a law? Do you think they will ever find such a law? I do believe that God did design this. So 
And based on what we said before, I don't think so, no. Yeah. Is it even possible? It isn't. And I'll tell you why. <laughs> and this is the problem. You're down to necessity of design, and they're going to try to go to necessity. They're going to try to find a law of nature to explain how the codons come together. And the problem with that is, as we've seen, laws of nature are always regular. That's what makes them laws. They always do the same thing in the same way. Okay, you can build crystal structures. We saw I got the sodium stuck to the chlorine, stuck to the sodium, stuck to the chlorine. You've got that, that lovely little crystal. But as we said at the time, this is not information. This is just symmetric redundancy, a repeating pattern. And DNA, information, is not just a repeating pattern. The nucleotides, these, these base pairs, have to line up in the right order to give you the information, the recipe to build the protein. And they're different for every one of them. They're asymmetric. It's not just the same pattern over and over again. Each protein has to have its own pattern, which is different from other patterns. And without that, you don't have meaning. It's like an English sentence. You can't just stick one letter to another letter to another letter. They have to be done in the right way. Yeah. Thank you, everyone, for listening today. Unfortunately, we have run out of time. But please join us for the next part tomorrow. Same time and same place. If you enjoy our content and think this is important material, the best compliment you can pay is by sharing this with your friends and family. This helps us out a lot. Also, if you enjoyed today's program, please like, comment, share, and subscribe to this podcast. We would love to hear from you. Thank you for listening to the Truth In My Days podcast with John Torse. We would love to hear from you. Please feel free to share any questions or comments you may have. You can reach us on Facebook, Instagram, MeWe, and YouTube. Simply search Truth In My Days as one word. Again, Truth In My Days as one word, no spaces in between. And you can connect with us. You may also visit our website for more comprehensive material and to learn more about our ministry. Our website is truthinmydays.com. Thank you. Thank you.